I still like to learn. They say you can't teach an old dog uh, new tricks. I'm definitely an old dog, and maybe you can't teach him new tricks. The, the trick is to convince him that it's not a trick, and then he'll learn. That's how, <laughs> that's how I keep, keep learning things. Uh, at one point in my bourbon drinking, I thought I was pretty, you know, astute, fairly knowledgeable. My brother-in-law, I may have shared this story from time to time, who was a confirmed scotch drinker, came here for an Ohio State football game, and the next morning, after I was uh, relatively hungover from another Buckeye victory, he said, I want to try some of your bourbons. And I said, go ahead, knock yourself out and, and uh, have whatever you want to have. And he sampled various bourbons, and he really said, wow, you know, being a scotch drinker, there, there's some bourbons here that I really like. And then it started. He went bourbon bananas. And that was a case of the student surpassing the master because over the next year which my sister has not forgiven me uh, for yet he just started buying bourbon started trading for bourbon started uh, going to tastings started to find out all the complexities about bourbons he could be in, in the civilian world a master taster now we here on whiskey business hi i'm dina tripotis and welcome to whiskey business a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey we do not claim ever to be whiskey experts, new no. whiskey fans for sure. Uh, always learning about them, absolutely. We just try to give you a different whiskey every week that we're having, and we share it with you. We try to give you a little bit of knowledge. But when you have the opportunity to have a master in your presence, you must take full advantage of said opportunity. And there she sits. Jackie Zeichen from Old Forester is here with us today on Whiskey Business. I'm so excited. No, this is great. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm so excited. A master taster. Now, I know that they have like master tasters like in chocolate factories. Sure. And, and, and I'm sure that there's master tasters in other types of food industries. Uh, but to be a master taster for one of the most cherished and long-established whiskeys in history, I mean, and I say that literally, Old Forester, we've mentioned this on podcasts before, uh, is the only whiskey that was sold before, during, and after Prohibition. The first bottled bourbon, as as we have uh, discussed before. So how does one become a master taster? Well, I mean, you kind of explained a little bit that we're everywhere, right? Everything consumable is going to have a taster of some sort assigned to it. Um, Brown Foreman has its own sort of regiment for grooming us to come to be in this role. The role itself is sort of a hybrid between production and marketing. So, of course, I go out and about and do things like this and talk whiskey with fine folks such as yourself. But then the rest of the time I am in Louisville based at both of our distilleries, our warehouses and our corporate campus down there doing quality control stuff. So um, it's interesting. My background is kind of varied. Um, I'm sitting on a chemistry and a biology degree, so that helps with the production side, but I also have over a decade in the bar industry, so that sort of helped uh-huh. build a name for myself. So which one which <laughs> double threat? Which one which one has helped you more, the bar industry or the biology and chemistry degrees? Honestly, I think that the science background helped me to understand cocktails and products themselves from a completely different angle. Uh-huh. Um, so that was a huge benefit. It's it's all very symbiotic, the whole thing. I wouldn't say one more so than the other. I told him, uh, I noticed you got some lovely ink. 
I do. Uh, yeah, and I told him. Oh, I, those I are still there. Yeah, oh, man, <laughs> they're permanent. I guess. Well, I don't they know. don't tell you that. When <laughs> you I've get never them. had a tattoo, and I've always like, what would my tattoo be? And I finally decided what my tattoo is going to be. This is mm. cool. It'll be the it'll be the uh, the chemical formula for 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 whiskey. And where will it be on your arm? Um, I don't know. Where someplace? Where do you where do you think it should be? Uh, right, <laughs> right. Keep it clean. Keep it clean. That's right. My liver, which I'm very pleased to cover up the scar. I just had a physical, and my liver enzymes are. Well done. We can another Wonderful. year, another year of this, yes, of this podcast. Yes. The whiskey business will continue. Uh, my my physician doesn't understand why because she knows all about this. All the things. Yeah, your lifestyle does not match up to your number, but so be it. You know, Indeed. so the case might be. So yeah. yeah. So uh, um, is that where how you did? You just didn't come into Old Forester and boom, you're a master taster. No, yeah. no, no, no. So I was hired in a role. Um, that was Master Bourbon Specialist, and under that umbrella, went through my training program through production and through our sensory departments mm-hmm. to get this role. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been, I think I've been with Old Forester, it'll be four or five years coming up here, so a while. You travel all over the world? Yes, the I world. am global. Yeah. The um, global, indeed. the world. Yes, we're still um, kind of a smaller size brand, you know, it's still kind of a cult following brand. It's... And it should be a bigger one. And I hate to keep repeating myself on mm-hmm. things that I've said in the podcast previously, but and I'm not blowing smoke up your um, Ass, bourbon asses, so to speak. <laughs> okay. But we have said repeatedly, time after time, and I think it, I think it might have been uh, uh, Jeff that I was texting that no matter what old Forrester comes into my world, it never disappoints. And as far as an everyday bottle, you know, people are like, you know, because some some of the some of the, the brands are a little more expensive than others. Mm-hmm. But man, for an everyday yeah. drinking, having a little bourbon every day, the old Forrester 86. I declared the 86 my everyday right? I mean, bottle you just, not you too just long ago. And it doesn't disappoint. Until never, I drank the whole thing never, uh, on never. race so, day. No. <laughs> how, cool to, how, how cool to have a, a product that you know isn't going to disappoint ever. And then still to keep coming up with um, different variations on the theme, as it were. Well, definitely. I mean, any more bourbon has gained so much interest that... Why do you think that is? Oh, there's a couple of reasons. Um, It all kind of started back when people started turning foodie a little bit and being a little bit more interested in the story behind ingredients and exploring Uh flavor profiles and not just getting full, right? right? You're eating to experience. You're not eating to be full, much like you're drinking to have a conversation, not just to get drunk anymore. So out with the days of just, (laughs) well, I mean, you you choose whatever you want to do, but in general, um, and no, it's, it's interesting. And of course, you know, information is so easy to access anymore. It's easy for anyone to become a self-proclaimed expert. There's a lot of history there to Mm. learn. So, don't want what? to be an expert. Don't want to be an expert. No, don't, I don't want to be either. an expert because there's expectations. There's <laughs> yeah, expectations there when you declare yourself an expert. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I don't want to go pro ever on anything. Twenty-four years in radio. No comment. I, no comment. <laughs> Twenty-four years in radio. You're a professional. Uh, you're a broadcaster. No, stay semi-pro. Expectations much lower. <laughs> We're professional fans. How about that? <laughs> you, once again, if you go in low, you you never disappoint. Because oh, they only have so many, so many expectations. I'm learning you. so many things with this. So just mm-hmm. shoot low, yeah, you shoot, know, like shoot low. If low. you rise high, all the better, right? Sure, but just never admit to it. Exactly. Stay exactly. Stay that beast. You know and mm-hmm. hence the secret to my success. This is wonderful. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna taste some old Forrester products. We today. Yeah, we should. We should get into that as well because I have a limited amount of time with you because. Uh, you're going to be off doing your thing. Being an expert. <laughs> Being an expert, yeah. No. 
a semi-pro? Yes. Yes. Semi-pro. Semi-pro. yes, I like it. I, you know, just, no, just keep that in your in your thought process. I Never will. express it out loud like I just did. I was just doing that for your benefit. <laughs> but if you keep that, if you keep that, that that feeling of mediocrity in your heart, <laughs> shoot for the stars, kids. You'll, you'll always succeed. Or don't. Like whatever. <laughs> shoot for the sky. I kid. I joke. What are we gonna have first? All right. Well, we've got a spread of kind of all of our everydays plus one that you can never find anywhere. So it's kind of up to you guys. I drink them all all the time. Yeah. So I don't really have um, a horse. In I want to save the the special one for last, okay. if possible. The birthday bourbon. I do have uh, about uh, half a bottle of birthday bourbon. I think from 2012. Nice. In there somewhere still that. Uh, I nip at from time to time. Uh, that's the other thing too. That's the other thing to kind of. Let's start with why you're why you're uh, pouring them all up. We got the we, we we've got the, the rye, rye not too long we've got ago. The proof. Let's go with the hundred proof for starters. Yeah, okay. Let's go with the hundred proof for starters. Do it to it. Tell us a little bit about the hundred proof. So, um, this is my house bourbon, actually. Yeah. Um, my everyday, yes, and it makes the best old fashioned in the entire world. I'm a massive old fashioned drinker. I'm just going to pass this around sure. so I don't spill that's, it all over your fine. stuff. Um, so this expression is actually something that didn't come out until the 90s. So Old Forester, when it first started in 1870, was a 90-proof product. It changed with the Bottled and Bond Act in 1897 to go 100-proof. We stayed there until the late 50s. We introduced the 86-proof <laughs> that you have in front of you. Yes. No, please feel free to help yourself to pour as much as you want in the glass. Well, she took such She's a like, delicate I, pour. Well, because So you end up with something called vodka, you know, and sometimes a little cocaine hitting the market in yeah. the 80s. And right. people aren't buying as much whiskey anymore. And you're getting a lot of clear spirits moving and you're sitting on barrels. So in order for us to make a consistent product, we couldn't market it as a bottled and bond bourbon anymore because we would only have a six-month window to blend in. And you'd have like a four-year-old bottled and bond, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old. They'd all taste very different. So we pulled ourselves out of being a bottled and bond product and released this little number. So this Mm -hmm. is meant to be the more barrel-forward side of Old Forester. The 86 proof is meant to be more of the lighter, crisper, brighter, everyday Olfo not too too serious, but just a good old everyday bourbon. A good old everyday, and you yeah. say you like uh, old fashioned. Your your favorite cocktail to, to make. I have it tattooed on my arm. Do you really? Okay. Well, yes. Well, there it is. The why, the old, why the old fashioned? If you don't mind me asking, what, what, I don't know. That what, was just what, sort what, of my hook drink what, with with bourbon. You know, you, that's I how mean, you first discovered bourbon. Um, no, that's a story for another um, time. That no, we, no, you no, don't no. have enough time no, to hear that. We got story a little bit of time. You give, give me the Reader's Digest version. I don't know. It's it's clean and it's it's something that's easy to execute and easy to do everywhere. And of course, you can get an old fashioned across the country. They're always going to be a little bit different. Everyone's got their take on it. But um, I don't know. It's just nice and clean and balanced. I I love it. Mm-hmm. Bourbon in general. Of, well, yeah, or- bourbon in general, but old fashions. I rarely go out and order it neat or on the rocks. I mean. I am an old-fashioned drinker. I'm mm-hmm. diehard. I like the fact that some of those in, in the old-fashioned and some how some of those um, old-school cocktails kind of came back into vogue as as well. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, uh, how do you? I, when you were in the bar industry, yes, bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so were you into the whole craft cocktail explosion? Yes, I was there for the uh, the resurgence of that for sure. Mm-hmm. So. I went from bartender to bar manager to beverage director for a multi-concept group based in Louisville. So I've been through the whole, the ranks of it. Um, and craft cocktails were smacked out right in the middle of that journey. Um, 
No, it's amazing. I love it. I think it's a really great way to express creativity and I love what everybody's doing with it. And you end up with stuff. I mean, Old Forcer Rye wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Craft Cocktail Resurgence. Oh, okay. It wouldn't be. Rye's a category wouldn't be growing without it. So Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge craft cocktail person. Because I've never made you a cocktail. Oh, oh. That's, what, that's what I'm not claiming semi pro on that one. Okay, yeah, I like the fact that you take pride in that because we've had <laughs> we've had some other mixologists on the show, and uh, it was it was the same. Uh, it was with a Manhattan. It was with the Manhattan. He goes, well, I've never made you a Manhattan. Is what mm-hmm. she said. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. have to have my Manhattan. See, so you take credit for your old fashioned. I'm on team old fashioned. I'm not on team Manhattan. I used to tell my bartenders, because you have to taste everything that you make, right? Otherwise, right. how do you know if you have made the drink that's good enough for someone else to taste? And I used to tell them, make your Manhattan and taste it and mix it. Stir it, stir it, stir it. Taste, taste, taste. Until it tastes absolutely horrible. And then it's done because Manhattans <laughs> are just not my jam. They're not mine, mine mm. either, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't you. judge you if you like a Manhattan. I personally choose otherwise. I uh, and, and I personally uh, choose to drink something neat or, if necessary, with a little bit of ice. And, and that's cool, just too. To, just to experience it naked as it is to sure. to discover all of the, the little eccentricities that might be in any particular bourbon. Totally. And that's fine. Trust me, from the Old Forester brand team perspective, we're not purists. We're not ageists. We don't, you know, as long as you're drinking no, bourbon you're and drinking, enjoying it. As long as you're drinking our product, we're Right. Good. That's totally fine. We don't judge how you do it. But, I mean, you think of it, I think there's this mentality that swill products are meant to be covered up in cocktails. I mean, that's the whole point of the cocktail is just to cover up bad booze, and it's not. The better the bourbon in the cocktail, the better the cocktail at the right. end of the day. So, And um, what what are some of the uh, flavor profiles and, and, and nose and things that we should be picking up here on the... For this 100 proof? With the 100 proof. This one's got a lot more rich flavor profile than the 86. It's got a lot more butterscotch, more yeah. coffee, more mm-hmm. chocolate. There's definitely like a very significant spice and warmth on the end. That when I first had Old Forster for the very first time, I think it was at a, a tasting years ago, and and that was the first thing I picked up on was the chocolate. Definitely. Uh, in, oh in yeah. The Old Forster product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, you're always going to get a little fruit with Old Forster, a little citrus note, a little apple. That's always going to be in there. But you just start getting a lot more of those sweet aromatics because it's set in the barrel a little bit longer mm-hmm. with the hundred proof than the eighty six. And so. some people who are, who are not completely initiated in into into proofs and whatnot they'll look at a bottle and go oh 100 proof that's gonna that's gonna put me on my ass and oh that's gonna be really strong but Mm. this is what i'm talking about this is this is smooth as shit it is it's beautiful it is it's balanced it's It's balanced. balanced That's a nicer word than an expression than smooth, smooth as shit. shit. Yeah, you can't put that on the bottle. Put that on the on the billboard. On the old Forster <laughs> label. Smooth as shit. But that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of hundred proof products, not just whiskeys. There's other hundred right. proof spirits out there that aren't that. It's a it's there is a balance between how much you've extracted from the barrel, mm-hmm. how much oxidation you've had in that barrel, your filtration methods, everything. So we don't judge anything by its proof at all, ever. I mean, if you, have you guys had the nineteen twenty expression from Old Forester? I have. I've had the eighteen seventy and the nineteen twenty. Yeah. And uh, the eighteen seventy, I thought to be a little lighter. It than, is than, meant to be so. Than, yes. Than the than the nineteen twenty. So it was like if I was, you know, inching on up to from one level to the next, I would start with the 1870. And then 100%. The Goldilocks of the family. Is the like Goldilocks. Oh, oh. That's right. That's just but, right. Yeah. That 1920 is 115 proof, but it certainly doesn't drink like it no. by any measure. It's it's all balanced. None of our products drink hot. 
So they do not. They don't. They mm-hmm. do not. And I've met some people. Some of my my bourbon drinking friends now are getting to a point. And I think Hansberry, you're becoming one of them. Actually, well, thank you. who they actually they, they actually like a like like Congrats. a bourbon to bite back a little bit. They almost like they almost like to fight it mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is in the funky rise, uh, uh, I think for, with me it's more so the rye. I've gotten to the funky rise. I want it to be okay. a little more funky tasting. But yeah, oh, I like okay. it. Yeah. Hey, I like it's funky. something funky. to talk about. It's yeah. something to explore. And that's yeah. the thing about it is everybody's got different tastes and pro- profiles right. they like. Yeah. I mean, right? Don't get me wrong, young man. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I, take it, I take it as from, a compliment. From, from where you started and, and, and where you've come over the course <laughs> of this. Blantons and Coke? This, this, yeah. <laughs> I mean, was that you? Were, you? No, no, no but, I wasn't that no, bad. I wasn't that no. bad. He might that's been, okay. He might have been that bad. If that's your drink he, of choice, no, that's okay. He would, uh, I wasn't that bad. He would not still be here. If no. that were the case, I'll bland. I don't judge you. Very funny. Thank you. Very funny. See, I know enough to make that joke. <laughs> now. <laughs> but there was a time where it wasn't. Fair enough. Fair enough. It was an order. <laughs> I still be, I still see people do that. Take like uh, order, like, you know. Yeah. Find bourbons and, and, and say, uh, you know, put some Coke in it. That's yeah. cool. I do, I support all of it. You know, like whatever blows your sail. Like, I don't know. So mind. does that make me a snob? A little bit, a little maybe. Bit. I don't know, uh, does yeah. it? You're a purist. Yeah. You're a purist. I'm a purist. Is that a better word than a snob? I'm sure. I don't know. Church it up <laughs> however you want, I guess. Because but like, <laughs> I'm not a foodie. I, you know, I don't. I don't. What you discussed a moment ago. I don't like. Oh yes, the. Uh, uh, this particular texture. I love that everyone has a foodie voice. Yeah, everyone yeah, has their own right. signature. Yeah. This is what a foodie sounds like in my mind voice. That's so good. <laughs> is there a hint of truffle in this gnocchi? So <laughs> if there are foodies for food, what would you call somebody with bourbon? Oh, Boobies? Um, no, no, that doesn't sound right. It that doesn't. doesn't sound right at all. We uh, kindly refer to them as bourbon aficionados. Ah, oh, very nice. Burfies. That's much nicer than it's much nicer than boobies. Yeah, it is. (laughs) You know. Um but yeah, I don't know. It could be part of the new old Forster campaign. It's not. It's smooth smooth as shit for all you boobies. Not gonna be at all. I don't think I don't think that's gonna land with these guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take I'm gonna take we'll never Uh. work in marketing at old Forster. Got it. Okay. And we're out of time. Speaking of of taste and whatnot, you also oversee the proofing and the maturation and the and the quality on the on the whole single barrel program. Mm-hmm. That I mean, is that part of the responsibility of the master taster? It is for the old Forester master taster role. I took that upon. I saw some some areas of opportunity with the program, and um, honestly, like I take it very very personally as a responsibility to ensure the quality and on the reputation of this really long running brand. It's, it's an icon in the category. It is. Um, so the Columbus Italian club, which I am a part of, okay. Is purchasing a, their own barrel. They are. Do you Forrester. know when coming up sometime in the summer? Okay. Yeah. Are they coming to the distillery yes, to do it? We're con- I may I'm, or may not be there. I, um, I will be there with a, a couple of other people to, uh, select, whatever we're getting but we know it's going to be a a a single barrel of our own for the club which we will sell only to the club uh members but i'm excited about that i'm excited about that whole process Uh, there you go see you know what i would have had this anyway today at some point the everyday the 86 so 
It's fantastic. We so jokingly just, we're call just cutting it to the chase here. The Brown Family Cocktail is 86 mm. on the rocks. That's all they ever drink. It's great. That's it. Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, it's interesting with somebody that works in this business. Do you drink? Do you drink a lot, or you just drink for work? Um, I drink and I spit for work. I for mean, work. like you have to, right? Oh yeah. I mean, there's days where I have 150 barrels I have to sample through. I mean, I no, you just can't do it. I mean, the human body just can't handle it. Right? It sounds so, like a challenge for you, then, okay, you know? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but I mean, so when I'm not working, I try to you know be kind to my liver as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I sip bourbon and I'm not at work, it's that Pavlov's dog response of like, "You're working, you're working." And you're I working. sit there and I think about it too much, so I have to just stick to things like tequila. Step outside of the United States of yeah. America for a second, as okay. far as your global travels. Yes. Where, where do you find the the bourbon most loved? Oh, gosh, everywhere. Right. I mean, right. I can only speak on behalf of the Old Forester spread, and we're in the U.K. We're kind of sprinkled about our involvement. How are you familiar with the Statesman product? Yes. So our involvement with the Kingsman Golden Circle film really mm-hmm. kind of spread us out a little bit more globally. And Australia loves us, so... Um, we're not everywhere yet, but we're getting there. We're like I said, we're still kind of tiny in the grand scheme of all the brands out there. But those who know know it. So because the Japanese seem to love bourbon so much that they buy up companies. Right, <laughs> that won't be happening with in, the, us, in the process. But so, but and, and they make their own whiskeys as well. But, sure. But how does the American product fare? over in, in places like, like Japan? I mean, I think that it's definitely... So New World, Old World whiskey. Massive flavor difference in barrel influence alone, right? So mm-hmm. used cooperage versus brand new barrels. So oak bombs are all these New World whiskeys. And I think that there's... Even if it is a sense of novelty to it, that there definitely is an appeal to experience the American style of whiskey, which is so oak-driven. Um, everyone loves us. I mean, we make a product the best that we possibly can. If you're not down with it, that's cool. If you dig it, all right. Like, it's fine. So we just know that we do our best. I'm reading the label, nothing better in the market. There isn't. I can't, I can't, it's smooth I can't disagree. And it's, As yeah. a matter of fact, <laughs> this is what we made the... Um, My next-door neighbor... Uh, uh, his daughter just turned 21 years of age. Oh, and, awesome. And she has tasted bourbons prior to that. You know, sure, it, tasted. In, in, in the familial surroundings. Ah. But I bought her a bottle of Old Forester 100 Proof for her 21st birthday. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. As you should. Yeah. It's a good birthday present. It's, it's exactly what bourbon is supposed to taste like. So you're starting off right That's there. And then we made the mint julep with this. Sorry for the interruption. We did a little short video last week. Oh, uh, the speed ago. julep? Yeah. Speed julep. We made a mint julep in, in less 60 than 60 seconds. seconds. Yeah. The and speed we, julep. I, we made it with Old Force. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's my, it's my go-to julep. I mean, it should be. It's the official julep of the Kentucky Derby. There when you, you go, go to the track, it's an Old Forester mint julep. See? You done, guys done. are so on it. Yeah. We had we're the official so cup it. and everything. But then again, that's For another semi pros, you're doing and, a great and, and job. That's another one of those uh, <laughs> drinks that eh, I could take or leave the mint julep. It's one of those drinks, and that's the way it works, right? The less ingredients in a drink, the more it relies on technique and the more easy it is to screw it up. Mm-hmm. So it can it's very polarizing. How'd I do? Uh, I, I thought you did Uh-oh. well. Well, <laughs> well enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I noticed making, I drank the rest of it. We're making a, a, a mint julep in 45 seconds. Yeah. Best of uh, as one could do. You probably didn't have a chance to muddle enough, but, you know, that's okay. And this is the Old Forester 86. This is this is like, we, as we discussed earlier, the go-to, the standby, the everyday. Yeah. This is the one that I first had. Well, maybe not the one I first had uh, seven or eight years ago. 
but this is the one with the with the hint of chocolate and et cetera, et cetera, that I can definitely pick up on. It's a little yeah. lighter. I, I made a uh, old fashioned with lemon bitters with this just over last weekend. It was nice good. choice of bitters. Yeah, Look at you go. I'm Aww. telling you, lemon bitters. This guy. He's. I'm a booby, all right. He's he's. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna try to make that stick, are you? I'm proud. I mean, he's like, he's like, he said, uh, he's, a, he's a son. He's a son I never wanted. Oh, and still don't. Yeah, still. Well, it's, it goes both ways here. Right? I'm the dad. Like that. You hope and pray you never sure had. Don't ever want. Oh, I would be the. You take that back. I would have been a cool dad for you. No comment. Forget no, the fact. Cheers. That, cheers. Forget, forget yeah, the fact right, that right, I actually right. could be your father. I mean, not. Right. Technically. Mom you know. said no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this age-wise, I, I te- it, it, it could have, the math works. I digress. Explain to me, what is what is CSS training? Uh, certified Spirit Specialist. Okay. So it's um, just an in-depth covering of distilled spirits. I mean, it's an examination. takes a little bit of studying. And where do you go from Master Taster? That is an in-house designated title. So like I said earlier, you know, everybody's got their own definition for it. We have our own program and our own training that we go through mm-hmm. to have that job title. Um, but every, it varies everywhere you go. I Did you ever dream of making your own whiskey? I do. It's right there. It's I, I understand. Every drop I understand. Of it. Yeah. 100%. All right. No, okay. it's... There are so many people that go into every bottle on the shelf. I know mm-hmm. we all like to celebritize certain faces of certain brands, but tis not the case. It really does take a village. Um, and Brown Foreman's a fantastic company. It's very collaborative. And there's tons of us that all have this one team, one dream mentality of it's got to be consistent and quality no matter what. So um, do I want to make my own whiskey? Like, am I going to, like, pack my bags and, like, go no, up I in meant, a distillery? No, I meant literally from the, from the bottom up, like, have there be a... a you know, there's the statesman. There's the 1870s, the 1920. Could there be a a Jackie? Well, I mean, right now you can get something similar to that. I have single barrel expressions that I hand select that you can only find in Kentucky. They're phenomenal. So when I go through the single barrel inventory and taste through all of those barrels, every now and then you get some unicorns, and I may or may not hide them in the warehouse. Oh, for, really? You know, my own bottling. So just saying. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's not about me. It's about the brand, and it's about the family behind the brand that's really like held this brand up through all of wars, through prohibition, through everything else. We're all kind of fighting for the same cause here. So, mm-hmm. and you hear that in the in the bourbon world with with some of these uh, longtime makers of mm-hmm. bourbon. I, I that that's that's a sentiment that seems to echo consistently. Is the is the family aspect of it completely? Absolutely. It's it's a little bit of a different. Um, I mean, industry. I know it's a corporation. I know sure. it's a business. Right. But when you get down to the to the to the to the base of it, the nitty gritty, it seems very familial. It is, and honestly, you're right. It is a corporate structure situation. Mm, sure, you gotta yeah. make. You know, end of the day, you want you want the bottom line to be good. You want to make money. But I think it is quite possible to run even a large global company and treat all of your employees as family under the direction of a key family that started the whole thing. And Brown Foreman does a phenomenal job at that. There are some people who hoard and collect. Yes. Whiskey. Now, I understand that the birthday bourbon is definitely a collector's type of bottle, but there's some people that will they'll say, what's that? Oh, that's the, that's the old Forrester birthday bourbon 2014. Can I have some? No. I mean, what's the point of not opening up the whiskey if you have it? I agree with you, and I think there's a lot of people out there that will agree with you as well on this, and not just pertaining to whiskey. This is going to be a really weird way of phrasing it, but think about how many people are like, 
I just can't get rid of these goddamn beanie babies. They're all over my basement, <laughs> right? Like, no, you can't have the little red bowl one. You can't have that. That's the valuable one. And now what? The princess <laughs> Diana. Like, like, right? No. So it, we're in the boom, you know, and that's part of it. And the appeal of birthday bourbon, yeah, it's fantastic juice. But at the same time, it's it's really hard to find because there's not a whole lot. It's one day's production. There's like a 10% yield on those barrels. I understand. There's barely any. I agree with you. And we agree with you at Old Forester. It's good enough to drink. We made it taste good enough to drink. Please drink it. Drink Please it. Share it with good people and I'm talk not saying, about it. I'm not saying knock it out in the night. No, but it's, leave it's it for there a special occasion. Right. But you know, have more special occasions. There's nothing. There's right. nothing more pure to me and and enjoyable than sharing a good whiskey. With, with with friends who who appreciate yeah, it and understand it. I, I've got to, now that we have a master taster, I have a question that I've always wondered. Um, all right, so say you have this rare one-of-a-kind bottle you're never going to find anywhere ever again. You open it, you drink some of it, you sit it on the shelf for uh-huh. six months later. It's going to change. The flavor profile change, yes or no? Not in six months, and this comes down to a lot of different variables. It depends on what the proof is in the first place. It depends what the filtration was in the first place. It depends on the headspace in the bottle. Like if you took like one sip out of it or you finished like the majority of it. It is going to soften over time, but a six-month period, I would not anticipate to see a change sure, in like- that. Three years, years, five years, 30 well. years, 30 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a well, softening going right. on Everything there. But like, happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30, 30 right, years. exactly. Just, but yeah. um, I wouldn't be too, too concerned about it with uh, distilled spirits. And I can only speak on behalf of our products. We go through so much stability testing that I wouldn't be concerned about stability it changing too much. Testing. Nice. Explain mm-hmm. that. Explain stability, stability testing. Yeah. As soon as it gets in that bottle and you seal it up, mm-hmm. you have to anticipate what is going to happen to that product. And on the shelf, is it going to flock? Are you going to see like some precipitate in the bottom? If you have something that oxidizes or something that you leave out and it lowers an alcohol content because alcohol is very volatile, some of those things will start precipitating out. Sometimes it gets kind of foggy in the glass. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. You put it in your car and it freezing temperatures outside or it's 200 degrees outside which is that's not physically possible let's be honest but nonetheless it's going to get it's going to get different it's going to change we just want to make sure that no matter what our products are always going to be as stable as possible we go through testing like that for years for all of our products before we don't get me wrong when when the last of that 2012 birthday bourbon is gone i'll be sad and i'll be sad that there's no more left yeah, but, but I mean, isn't that everything has to come? That we to could an say end. that about this bottle eighty six. Like, yeah, yeah well, it's gone. Everything, everything Whatever. good has to come to an end at some point. Sure. That's that's. But that's, that's what ni- makes it so life. important to appreciate in the moment you're having exactly. it. You know, so exactly. Yeah, but no, back to it. Please drink your birthday bourbon, everybody. Yes. Drink it and share it and talk about it. Drink it on your birthday if that's sure. you know, if you're looking for celebrations. You know, find but find a reason. Don't be that person who says no 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 and we've we've discussed this in length in depth on this podcast with the superintendent of uh liquor control for the state of ohio mm-hmm. you know the people who buy a valuable bourbon only to try to pawn it off on the secondary yes. market and profit from it mm-hmm. you know we we called those people out repeatedly on this podcast really? uh yes we have Ooh. yes we have you guys aren't messing around no 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 as a matter of fact as a result uh of our first podcast with the superintendent we were talking about the lists that are at that were at liquor stores where people were got on a list and all the good stuff was put in the back as a result of that podcast he cracked down on those lists so oh we're, we might be loved by some who walk in and and now have the opportunity 
to 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 pick up a, a birthday bourbon if it's mm-hmm. available, and and then those who were on the list probably hate us. But you know what? Hey, everybody deserves a fair shot, so get over it. I agree with that. We <laughs> do that. Here. I mean, we. Yeah, exactly. You're here to that. We release birthday bourbon at the Old Forester Distillery in downtown Louisville. Randomly, we'll just toss it on the shelf for just reasons it. just like that. And honestly, so there's that gap, right? We price it to be X amount of dollars. We say this is what we suggest and what we think its value is. And then there's the resale price of it. And somewhere in between is this loss of profit for us. And we're not going to change our prices to Mm-mm. gouge on that because we already we stand behind what we already priced it at. I actually we had price it to drink. You know, two bottles of birthday bourbon, and there was one that had about a. Mm, about a quarter of it left. And mm-hmm. A friend of mine who is a, a bourbon aficionado, a booby. Yeah, <clears throat> you're gonna, you're really gonna he's try. He's really and, trying he's, to make he's, it he's work. Trying to make booby work. Really I said booby. it. I said it as a joke, but Hansberry apparently it's stuck with the boy. It's B O U B. Just to <laughs> okay. just just to be clear. B O U B. Yeah, if you're trying to find it on, okay. on Twitter, B O U B I E. We're not gonna spell it. But he goes, oh my god, you got two bottles of birthday bourbon. And I actually gave him the, uh, the 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 bottle that had like the quarter left, and he was beside himself with joy. That made me so happy because That's I knew awesome. it was going to. A, I knew what was left was going to a good home, and would be appreciated. See? Look, that's awesome. Mm. No, that's phenomenal. And there's people across the country when I travel around and we do these events that will bring things. There's one guy in specific in Denver. Um, he's with the 5280 Whiskey Society. Brought a bottle of birthday bourbon to an event from his own collection that he had paid, I'm sure, secondary prices for. Sure. And was like, I just want to sit down and drink it with you and talk to you about it while we're drinking it. And he shared it with everyone in the room. They share their stuff left and right everywhere. That's what it's there for. You know, it's there to have that conversation and talk about it. Like. That, that's interesting do do people feel that their experience is enhanced if they're drinking with you i personally don't think that it is <laughs> no, but, but he, i he guess said, that, he made that very specific i want to share this i want to drink it with you well yeah as someone that drinks whiskey for a living and thinks about it from right. that aspect um it's a little bit of a different experience i'm sure Plus, I make some really bad jokes throughout mm-hmm. it, and you know, it's whatever. So, kind of, so whether you want to be or not, you're you're kind of a rock star. I like to think lovers. of it as a semi-pro whiskey <laughs> drinker, but um, you know, <laughs> you're a little little bit of a rock star when it no. comes to it. All right, you already cracked this open, John Whitney. What's the, what's, the, what's the story behind the creation of the of the birthday bourbon, so, by the way? It started back in 2002. That was the first time anyone saw it. It's a celebration of George Garvin Brown's birthday. So mm-hmm. he's the founder of the entire company that we now know Garvin. today. That's is. a great name, Garvin. Yeah. Uh, so Brown Foreman was started by George Garvin Brown. Um, so that's why we release it in September. It's one day's production, kind of whatever you end up with left in the barrels after a certain amount of aging period. They've been all different ages. They've been nine to 14 years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been going on for for quite a while now. So this is what, the 2016? I remember this year. I have my favorites. They're all different. Like we don't pick birthday bourbon barrels and think like, oh, we got to make it taste like birthday bourbon. It's whatever's going to be good and balanced and interesting to talk about later. So they all have different flavor profiles. And Mm -hmm. I have... We love our children equally, but you know <laughs> some of them are more photogenic than others. We'll just phrase it that yeah, way, you know. That's, so that's a great way to put it. 
Happy birthday, everybody. Oh, happy, Cheers. happy birthday. Happy Cheers. Birthday yes. To us. Happy birthday. Thank you, Jackie, yes. so much. Don't thank me. Mm. It's going to spoil us for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. you realize that, boys, it right? It kind of is. Yeah. You definitely taste the chocolate in that. Mm-hmm. Right up Absolutely. Front. It's rich. That's a good word for it. Rich. It's incredibly rich. Rich. That's a good that's a foodie term. It's very a foodie rich. Term. I won't say it. In my foodie voice. Don't say booby. I won't yet. say booby. No one's saying you. that. Don't say booby. Totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> How many but even we, something like this you would make an old fashioned out of, or no? No. I have made old fashions with really? birthday bourbon. You have? I I will repeat that. I have made you old have? fashions. I have gone to bars and ordered old fashions with birthday bourbon. And people give me really bad looks. And I'm like, you know what? That is the best old-fashioned that you will ever have. It's the old-fashioned with birthday bourbon. I don't disagree. Drink it. Or don't. That's cool. I'm looking at the time because I know that you're on a tight tight schedule. But I do want to go back just for a moment. Okay. I'm scared. Don't be scared. The face is what's scaring me. <laughs> it's this mischievous <laughs> face of like, we're going to go back and talk about. But I, I, I kind of want to know your first initiation into into whiskey. Oh, Lord. Well, I mean, I was not a drinker when I first got into the bar industry. I learned all of my drinks by smell. I think that's done me very well in the long term as far as really owning what's going mm-hmm. on olfactory wise. Um but I did not start as a bourbon drinker. I am a St. Louis, Missouri native, and your offerings of bourbon, except go blues right wow, now. There you go. Sorry, anyone hey, in the fa- hey, in the room first, that might what, be a Boston fan, right? Hockey. They're gonna win too for the first time. I, I know. I, I, I've got I, my suspicions on this. And I think that I think the Bruins are are a little more powerful overall, and 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 the simple fact that they took the Blue Jackets out of it, you know, I'd like that team to to win. If they're gonna if they're gonna take us out, then go ahead. Is this, gonna, okay. is this gonna stop our this conversation? Is really short? like mm. ruining is this, everything. Is this, is this, is this no, ruining? it's okay. My main point was back <laughs> before. <laughs> right, it's okay. We'll just pretend like none of this ever happened. It's okay. <laughs> we have a thing God. called podcast remorse. I can make him edit this out <laughs> if, if, if you want. It's fine. So the landscape of bourbon, when I was still living in St. Louis, you had your makers, you had your turkey, you had mm-hmm. your beam white label, and no one referred to it as bourbon. They just referred to it as whiskey, right? right. Everything is just, whatever's brown is just whiskey. Um, I was never really a bourbon drinker when I started getting back into the drinking game. I was more of a beer drinker, and I was a scotch drinker. Highland Park 12 Year was my go-to, like, every day, all the time. Um, it wasn't until I moved to Kentucky, and it was just this experience. Oh my God, I don't know what any of this crap is. Like, what are all these brands? I've never even heard of that. And then it just was this insatiable urge to learn everything about everything down there. So when I worked down there as a beverage director, I used to pick up sort of like shaker for hire gigs on the side. So I did work for Four Roses, for Heaven Hill, for Woodford, a lot of stuff for um, St. Germain, for Copper and Kings, Brandy. Um, Just couldn't really sit still. So I did all their news segments, their cocktail things on their websites and just kind of did all kinds of stuff for them and grew a name for myself. And then one day this opportunity came up and I always said I would never leave the bar industry for any other brand but Old Forcer because it's the only one I don't have to lie about. The rest of them all have a sort of little hint of BS that you have to carry Interesting. Through. That's, no, yes. that's, it's that's, the only authentic one. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. So, yeah. Someone uh, asked me, uh, that uh, it was online, uh, advice to the class of 
2019. One of the things, I, and I wrote back, be honest, not only with yourself, but with everybody else, because in the long run, you'll save yourself a lot of wasted time. Yes. Yeah. So, completely. so you like the fact that you, you know, that, that the fact that you don't have to be deceiving or no, I mean, what's the point that, that, that makes, that makes life so much easier, right? It does. And I mean, you're going to be working a lot of hours. You might as well be doing it in a way that's not completely draining you. And I was the buyer for a lot of different concepts. I had people coming into the bar all the time, toting their product and giving me some cock and bull story about my grandpappy in the backwoods and a coonskin cap, whatever. And you're just like, huh? Like, and you look at these people and you're like, yesterday you were selling insurance. Today you're selling whiskey. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, this is disrespectful for my time. I don't want to be that to anybody else, you know? So, no. Not for the used car salesman yeah. side of things, so... So that's what you don't have to do, worry about that. Um, mm. What else are we picking up here on the uh, on the birthday bourbon that that, that maybe that's we're great. not picking up You're on? Not picking up, but I mean the most characteristic example thing going on here. This is dry on the finish. You notice that it's yes. very it very is. dry. Old Forester is a characteristically dry whiskey. So we do a little bit of a different setup with our warehousing. We have what's called heat cycled warehousing. Um, it's not like your open air warehouses where everyone assumes, oh, the, the barrels on the top floor get really hot. You know, science will tell you and is right that heat rises. We have concrete slabs every two floors and our warehouses are made of brick. And from October to April, we turn the heat on and then let it drop, turn the heat on and let it drop. So we get more extraction, but it also results in this really nice tannin dry finish. So that's definitely there. The chocolate note was spot on. There's always a little bit of candied citrus, especially orange flavors going on. Nice little black pepper in the middle. Mm-hmm. It's another thing, you know, I, I, I give him what? so much grief and so much uh, shit over the course of many podcasts, but he's actually picked up a nose and a palate over the last 90 bucks. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. right? You're really there's, a, um, there's this nice little black jelly bean note kind of right before the finish a little starts. Anise? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You get that? Mm. Yeah. Yes, sir. Do you find that whenever you're drinking, you know, other products, if you're out and about, because I'm sure you have to sample other, I'm sure you, I'm, I'm sorry, you don't have to, but I'm sure. I just, do. I like just to see to be, what everyone's doing. You yeah. Know, see what everybody's doing. You, you, is, is, does that immediately just fall into your, your Rolodex? Do you all automatically start smelling things, tasting things, you know? Oh yeah. And that's not just the products. It's all the time. Like sensitive palate and nose don't shut mm -hmm. off so it, this can be good and bad in some yeah, situations right. you know like, what i mean you know, so to, i mean does, um, that, does that complicate the enjoyment of it yes yeah. i guess yes and no i mean it can go either way it can either be incredible or it can be absolutely disastrous but i don't think of it the same way like i think a lot of people envision that this job is i pick up a glass of whiskey and i'm like i'm getting hints of caramel corn and <laughs> oh, blood and waxing your, poetic about it is that your it. booby voice that's my booby. <laughs> Hints of this and blah, 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 and rosemary. So there's that. I don't think of it that way. And most people in this industry don't. I take a sip and go, okay, it's about structure first and foremost. How full-bodied is it in the start, the middle, near towards the end? What's the finish like? And is it holding on? What's happening once you add some water to it? And all of that other stuff. I pick up on defects really, really easily. That's an interesting thing that I did not have prior to this job, but through training that we go through... I taste other people's products sometimes, and I'm like, "Oh my god, is anybody else tasting this?" What, right when now? you say defects, what 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 would things what that would have gone wrong in the process? Uh, musty but, but grain. Some, oh yeah, something that's gone wrong, but it's still out there and being sold. 
because not everybody can pick up on it. And the higher the proof, the more you can hide it. You notice how high-proof whiskey started gaining a lot of traction in the past couple of years or yeah. so. Water them back. You'll find all kinds of crazy stuff. And you can. I there's can always marketing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's always marketing, right? Oh, I'm getting Interesting. porcini mushroom. Like, no, you're not. That's that was moldy nice. grain. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. No, it's not earthy. It's, you shouldn't use that corn. Um yeah, I mean, you burn your corn. Once, once again, in the cook, we don't claim like to be experts, so this is like a tutorial for us. No, this is awesome. This is awesome, like, yeah. There's a burnt corn note. Well, yeah, you probably had your grains stick a little bit in the cook, and that literally got scorched. I mean, you can taste all that. You can taste oh, gasoline, diesel I can't wait to say that fuel. to a bartender and say <laughs> say just that back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this, and I'm going to write it down. This grain and has watch been the bartender scorched. go, okay. <laughs> Whatever. So you want another one? Sorry. <laughs> you want something else? I know. Um, but yeah, even trucks delivering grains on the highway can pick up some of those highway smells and fuel smells, oh, and that comes no through way. in the end product. Oh, yeah, it sticks the whole way through. Yeah, it's weird. Something goes wrong with the yeast, the pH is a little bit off, all of that results in all sorts of weird notes, like Flintstone vitamin okay. note comes through. I mean, we can go on all day long. I, I so guess. I can't go to a glass and be like, oh, this has got a lot of apple. And <laughs> No, I'm like, man, your grain was crap that day. Why did you do that? Why, and why did you let it go? Why a lot you, of people do. You... Not everyone checks their grain when they get it delivered. They blindly accept grain deliveries. We check our grains. We turn away so many grain deliveries, and they go right up the road to other distilleries, and they gladly take them. This grain is not sufficient. Yeah, away with you. We turn away a lot of grain, especially. And where's it go? To somebody else? Because uh -huh. oh. they're not going to drive it all the way back up to the farm. They're going to no. sell it out to somebody they're else. They're going to sell it so they don't have to deal with it anymore. Oh, there are a few I can think of that are right by there. Let's see. Don't Should I start say naming it. them? No. And, uh, I, I can't guarantee and, and does them, that, but Does I'm that saying. go for just old forest or does that go for with everything? All Brown Foreman All Brown Foreman products. Yes. So all of our whiskeys with Brown Foreman go through grain sampling first and foremost. 100%. So that covers everybody. Yes. If there's everybody rodent in damage indi indicated in the, in the grain load, if there's a corn weevil, one bug, an entire truck, turn it away. Corn weevil. Turn it away. Weevil, bug. Little, yeah. Turn it away. Get rid of it. It's a weevil that weevils. loves corn. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that's it's a just part I'm of it. Get. It's a quality checkpoint that we have that a lot of people And who's that fall on? I mean, like, like, does that fall on them? Like, you send you it just, away? You just send it away, and it's there. it falls on whatever driver is going to have to figure out a way to get rid of that load of grain, so... Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, the, the, uh, we're not going to accept awesome. it. The dark inside stories of, of bourbon making mm. that we don't know. It's all a corn weevil can just completely screw everything up. The weevil up. conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. You don't want that. Do you want that? Do you want to say that? No, I don't want no weevil. Exactly. I don't want no weevils. Hashtag no weevils. Hashtag no weevils. I don't want a corn weevil in my whiskey. And when you do these tastings yes. and you go to these appearances, um, what do you find is the main thing that the, the people coming are, are looking for? Are they looking to be educated? Mm. Are they looking just to drink whiskey? Are they looking for uh, a good old story about how this product came to be and so forth? And so that's my that's my history voice, by the way, as We've opposed a lot of to my foodie today. voice. I know that's all good. the voices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, um, so so when these people come to these tastes, because they're very successful and they're very popular, and and they sell out, so. You know what? What? What do they? What do you think people are coming for? Everybody's got their own agenda. It really depends on where we're doing the tasting, what the audience is. You know, some is only for bartenders. Some of these are only for consumers. Some are they for the women in whiskey society of wherever. Um, everyone's got their own goal in mind, and sometimes it's a person that just wants to go and be able to raise their hand and contradict every single thing you say. You get There's those, always right? that. Oh, uh, every, you get those. 
There's always one. There's always Sometimes one. more. I once heard that actually, that's actually my, yeah, yeah, you no, know, there's always that, that person or woman or woman. I want to be equal. It's both. Is it both? Oh, I've had it from both sides. One hundred. That doesn't sound right, but yes, it's definitely been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're the you true like, corn weevils. The true weevils. That's terrible. Um, but yeah, no. Some people just want to learn, and some people, honestly, getting into this category, there's a lot of novices that go to these events because they're looking for some guidance. They want to know how is it that I'm smelling this glass and I just smell whiskey, and you're smelling this glass and you smell <laughs> carrots and caramel Excuse and me. you know creme brulee and peppers mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and they want to connect the dots there so they can feel more confident in their whiskey conversation skills, I suppose. Um, so that's a big part of it. Some people are generally interested and yeah, a lot of people just want to drink. Just want to drink. Something to do, you so know? So you get a little not? bit of everybody. Oh yeah. Um, do you find you get more men or more women? It depends. It depends. In general, at just broad spectrum, open to the public, no defined audience, who's going to show up, it still is pretty heavily saturated with And yet men. women love bourbon. Um, when we first started the podcast mm-hmm. a couple years ago, uh, one of the criticisms or suggestions, if you will, yeah. were is the there ob- a suggestion ob- box? Observation. Oh, is, a you're of right. Cards. The, the, I, I am the suggestion to... box. Okay. Yeah, by all means, <laughs> stop saying booby. Uh, that'd, no. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be one of the. That'd be one of the. Whatever. It's with a. It's an O U. <laughs> it's, it's, it's different. <laughs> but they said uh, women love bourbon too. Have more women on the show. Have more women talking about, and we and since then we we've had shout out to our, our gal Leanne Sims, Leanne Sims, uh, Chris Delavi, they do uh, um, a lot of uh, good great stuff. Yeah, we've had we've had a lot of so. Uh, I don't ever think of it that way. You don't. You don't. You don't, don't split it up. Like just drink bourbon or don't drink bourbon. Drink vodka or don't drink Cosmos or don't. Like I don't care. It's like, not about a guy or a girl thing. Drinking. It's like go go not girl drink bourbon. You know. No, I don't. You don't care it. if more women drink bourbon or less bourbon or. No, I just want everyone to be happy drinking whatever they're drinking. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like I don't. I th- I have a different perspective on it. I don't see it the same way a lot of people do, and I honestly don't like this whole we're going to target women because there's a great opportunity to gain consumers there. I'm not a fan of that. Just just make a good product that's quality and talk about it in an honest way. And, you know, people are going to get it or they're not. And, like, do your thing. I mean, we're so much more laid back about it than everyone else with their agendas with it. But I don't know. Then again, like, I don't know. I come from the bar side of things. Sure. A little bit thicker skin and a little bit more grit to it. And I just don't see things that way. I just don't. I never show up to work today and I'm like, oh, well... I got to do this for all the ladies out there. Like, hey, I don't girls, think about this, it. this one like, goes out to you. I, I do my job. I go home, you know, I, whatever. So if they were to, if they were to, to do a, a reboot of Sex in the City, do you think they'd be drinking bourbon or still be drinking vodka? I don't know. Honestly, like, it has shifted. It uh-huh. probably would be bourbon or, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird concept. I get this a lot. I'm like, oh, we got this women in whiskey event. You should go do that. And I'm like... You go do it. Why can't you talk to women? Why you gotta send me? Because I'm right. I'm a woman and now I have to go. Like, just, why can't we all just be people? Like, why has it got to be separated that way? Just go. So, so I someone always thought, oh, it'll be a, better for a woman to go do the women in whiskey event right. than a guy. They connect no. with you more. Yeah, yeah. We learn how to talk to chicks. Get over it. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's weird. <laughs> I'm scared of it. They're not gonna like eat you alive. It's fine. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Uh, we could go on all day on uh, that we topic. We could. One hundred percent. I let me just say, I, I, yes. I want to thank Jeff who uh, uh, kind of put this together mm-hmm. to get you over here today. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and I'm sure. 
that you probably went, we're going to someone's house to do what? I did. That 100% is exactly what yeah. I said. Oh, I have no doubt. We have a safe word. You don't I, know that, but we do have a safe <laughs> word. It's pineapple. Pineapple safe word. <laughs> and, and I don't know. She's got an entourage know. of three men in suits. There's three other guys there's with three you. Dudes behind <laughs> me. I don't want you to become. Did you think you're going to be part of a, become a, part of a Hannibal Lecter novel before it was know. all said and done? Let's show her the basement. It puts the bourbon on its skin. It puts the bourbon on its skin. No. No, but no. it's been delightfully Sp- fun. Surprisingly, but. Sm- <laughs> but, but Smart, smart on your part to be concerned. You never know. Let me tell you. All these events that we do yeah. are usually advertised publicly or they're pushed out on social media and what right. have you. And especially in Kentucky, there are people that show up and they know what time you're going to be there. They know where you're going to be. Where you they, are going to be. Exactly. So you got bourbon and stalkers. Sometimes. You got bourbon it's stalkers. Thing. I don't know. I'm sure other people do. I'm sure there's I, people that stalk waitresses at Denny's. You know what I mean? I like that's out there. Like whatever. I understand. Or and waiders. Like, and we're going down it a whole different judge. rabbit hole here. But, and, and I say this uh, as, as blandly as possible. You're an attractive woman. Thank you. you hey. <laughs> and, 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 and YouTube. And yes. you understand whiskey business whiskey. with Dino Trevor. I mean, there's like a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of things going. Yeah, it'd be easy for you to have a a, a bourbon stalker. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but you know, I'm sure they're. I don't out know there. either. They're like she has birthday bourbon. She has birthday follow her bourbon. home. It's more no, about it's at her house. Her like, stash. <laughs> right. It's more about the stash of whiskey I have than it is me, more so than anything. But no, I mean, like it's definitely something to always just be aware of. I mean, it's not just the whiskey sure. industry; it's everywhere. But well, yeah, no, I did not purposely bring goons with me to protect me on the podcast. I, I hear him about whoa, I'm not a goon. What? If you did, I would totally respect that. No, we. You know, a, I was a, like a collaborative like, team. I mean, I'm texting Jeff going. Uh, yeah, we do it at my house now. <laughs> like and the only thing, you know. I, but I didn't. I, I didn't put wink, wink in, right. in, the, in the text. No, no. We, we it's a. Uh, uh, it's fine. I, I consider this is I, fine. I, I, once again, I'm not fine. blowing smoke up your old Forester ass when I say oh, thank this. You. Thank you for doing this. No, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. This is uh, for the, for our fans of whiskey business. Uh, it's great when we occasionally do a very whiskey-centric whiskey business because um, we have guests from A to Z. We've had astrophysicists. We've had psychologists. We still need a zoologist. Yeah, we'll work we on that. We need a Z. We need a zoologist. Jack Hanna. Uh, we've had a Catholic priest on the show talking about whiskey and sex abuse. I mean, we, we, we cover... Whoa. No yeah, safe words in that one. We, we, we cover the gamut of, of guests. <laughs> I don't know. No safe words in that one, said the good Catholic boy. Aww. You know what you say for it is, right? <laughs> Booby. <laughs> Booby. With a U. With a U. With a U. Booby with a U. Can I plug uh, the social uh, media stuff yet? I yeah, guess. Plug, plug, by all means, plug be. it because we got we to gotta wrap it up. Plug it off. Do we? Okay. Uh, Whiskey media. Business is on YouTube, and we're very proud of our YouTube channel now. We're up to 108 oh, no, subscribers, I think. <laughs> Will you the be our channel's fairly new, thanks to my friend John Whitney. 109. Uh, whiskey Business with is, Dino Tripodis. Subscribe, and you can see uh, all of our nonsense uh, in person. Uh, Facebook, Instagrams, uh, Twitter, and um, just, of course, at whiskeybusinessshow.com. Um, right. Rate and review us. Whenever mm-hmm. you rate and review us, it always mm-hmm. helps us out. It, it spreads the words. 
about us. And, and if we want to know uh, more about Old Forester products, does anybody in this group know where to go for does that? Does anybody know where? Do you know? Do you have, no? yeah, um, know. Well, you can go to oldforester.com. Is that and if enough, you happen to be in Kentucky, come see us in Louisville down on Main Street at the distillery. Uh, I will uh, contact Jeff and let him know when we're coming down to do our barrel selection. Right. I don't know yeah. what that, when that date is, but uh, I'll, I'll let you guys know ahead of time. Uh, that'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also going down to uh, Kentucky in August with the uh, superintendent of Liquor Control for the State of Ohio to make another barrel selection. Mm. Uh, I get that company him on a barrel selection for the State of Ohio, and I'm not permitted to say what that is because they want it to be a big secret. Stop secret. Okay. But, but uh, you know. So shut Stop up! Don't, don't, don't whisper. Um, also, we are uh, have been nominated for the uh, Columbus Podcast Awards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. look at uh-huh. you! Um, in the comedy section. That's pretty impressive. Do you believe it? Being semi pros. Uh, yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. Thing. Just, I mean, that's, that's right. Really, just, that don't let it get to your head. Uh, no, no, no. Live no, in that mediocrity pro. zone. We're, remember? We're nominated for uh, in the for some reason in the comedy division. Maybe it's because we enjoy ourselves and we laugh. Maybe that's why. It's in the comedy section, but we're also up for podcast of the year. Of the year, so, so vote, uh, ColumbusPodcastAwards.com, awesome. vote uh, early and often. Yeah, because... Um, it, voting in, ends at the end drops, of the month. When this drops okay. next week, there'll oh, still be a few week. days left in the month of May to vote, and the results in August. So next time you we sure check. you don't want to like wait and air this after the voting? You don't... Just making oh, no, sure. This would be no, great. No, no, no. I'm, sorry. I, I, I'm trying to stay mediocre for I, you I right now. You advised me. And, stay uh, below. Once again, not to blow smoke up your old Forrester ass. I think Please you'll get see. us votes. Yes. Oh. Oh. Especially when you retweet us. <laughs> I'm not a tweeter. I'm not one who tweets. Oh, okay. Re-Instagram. I don't tweet. I Insta. That's why he says all the social media. I, I Insta. Media. I snap. I face. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Okay, I do. Right. You know, I don't you people, you know, over the last couple years, I'm not good at social media. That's why there's a Hansberry. That's why there's a John Whitney. I suck at it. We did uh, the Dino baby okay. face filter earlier. Look, there's an old manual typewriter over there. Is that how you sent the request to get me on this show? Yes. You just like yes. type it up and tied it, it to put a, it a bird the, and, and sent the, it no, to Kentucky? No. Don't be ridiculous. I put, it on a, I put it on a man on a horse and sent it by Pony Express. <laughs> Followed a by bird. a smoke signal just in case he got lost. It's totally fine. <laughs> okay. This uh, has been so much fun. Has it? It has. For real. It really has. It really, really has. has I mean, awkward nice... at some moments and uncomfortable, <laughs> but fun. I would, I would expect nothing less. Fun. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't awkward <laughs> at some point, I would consider this to be a disappointing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Jackie, Jackie Zykan. 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 Zykan has been our guest. Master taster for Old Forester. I uh, thank you so much. Thank you. you, you you've been a, a joy, and thank you for bringing wonderful products uh, to us to sample and, and enjoy, uh, especially the That's birthday great. bourbon. Yeah, it's not too often you boys get to sample a little mm, birthday bourbon. Happy birthday. Yeah. Didn't you have some of my birthday bourbon oh, yeah. recently? Uh, yes. yes, yes. Earlier yeah. today? Yeah. <laughs> Without Before permission? Well, they say, you know, when <laughs> they when they want to go ahead and have, when we start a podcast, you know, they, they just... It's open, open bar. They can have whatever they want, you know. Oh, so I'm in the wrong business. I You're, should be doing podcasts. You should be doing. You probably could do a podcast on a, yeah, on a regular should. basis. Hmm. I'll give you my card. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have a card. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
He's actually going to actually write a card. He's headed to the mall right now to the kiosk and print him all up. It's on a napkin. It'll be cute and adorable, but take it. Don't make him feel bad. Only if you use crayon. (laughs) (laughs) Use crayon. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Let me say what I always say. Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced on the audio side by this fine, young, capable man, Greg Hansberry, and on the video side, on YouTube, by the ever-popular John Whitney, who does a magnificent job. If you watch our YouTube videos, he makes it look like a TV show. I mean, he cut, he's got two oh. cameras there. He cuts back and forth. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll love the YouTube video. I can't wait to Are see it. Are you going to watch it? Oh, pshaw. Are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it? I will Are you going to find time to watch it Honestly, while you're having an old-fashioned? it's fashion? not that. I don't watch or listen to anything that I do because I am so critical of myself and uh, I will too. just sit there and tear myself apart about it. So I, I do the same thing. I can't. I know right. I should. I know, you know, you get better if you listen and do whatever, but I just, I can't. It's I like know. a corn weevil. No, like oh. a, yeah. yeah. No, I'm the it's same glaring. way. I'm the same way. I mean, yeah. I, I, but I force myself to listen to both the audio and watch uh, the video. We had my mom on a couple weeks ago, my 82-year-old mother. She was one of the guests on my podcast. Aww. She killed it. She knocked it out of the park. She had a safe word, too. She, she, Did she? It was pineapple. See? I'm just going to here. It was not pineapple. It was <laughs> with, our, with the Greek heritage, it was feta cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to go. So, my friends, thank you, Jackie. Until the next bottle, bottle, or bottle. See ya. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 